This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Cousin Sal's winning weekend, and welcome to December. It's the most wonderful time of the year, mostly because there's so much to bet on. Last week was a huge week for the favorites in the NFL. 12-3-1 against the spread. Not the best week for me, but I did hit all my Macy's Thanksgiving Parade props up. Good job by me. Thank you. The Paw Patrol balloon helped me cash big time. Speaking of favorites, coming up, we've got one of my very favorites, a guy nicknamed Stink. Three-time Super Bowl winner Mark Schlereth is here to tell us how Sean Payton was able to turn things around in Denver. And then the odd odor of a squiggle. My pal Harry Gagnon is back to help break down all these major college football conference championships as well as the Week 13 NFL slate. And Patriots fans, you should be ashamed of yourselves. More than usual even, and I'm about to tell you why. That's this week's installment of Wager Rager. But first... Let's recap that thrilling Cowboys-Seahawks game in the segment that would never tank for a higher draft position. It's cover four. Cover one. Well, it only took 13 weeks, but we finally got our great Thursday night game. This one had everything except for punts. If you're a fan of punts, that must have been torturous. Thoughts and prayers. But if you bet the over, congrats. Fake to Pollard. Protected well, fires, caught, touchdown, C.D. Lamb. If you bet D.K. Metcalf to have three or more touchdowns, huge congrats. If you had over 256.5 penalty yards, congrats again. Lots of yellow on the field. You would have thought Big Bird had a seizure. Anyway, it was a crazy game. Pete Carroll chewed an entire pack of gum, and I did the same to all my fingernails, which thankfully grew back overnight. And now I give you the three words every sports gambler should listen to. Plus nine Those are the Cowboys' odds to win the Super Bowl. You like that, Jimmy? How about them Cowboys? Thanks for agreeing, Jimbo. And the hair still looks amazing. Coming too. Last night's game turned out great for Dallas, but this matchup with the Seahawks wasn't always good for me or my fellow Cowboys fans. Now, I didn't want to bring this up on a cable television show that doubles as a podcast, but my therapist said it would be best to let it fly. She's sick of dealing with me, so here it goes. Let me take you back to January 6, 2007, a dreadful day for America's team. 
Here they are, the Cowboys preparing for a wild card game-winning field goal versus the Seahawks on a brutally cold night. The snap, Tony Romo botches the hold, but takes off and looks like he's about to score, but gets dragged down from behind. Thanks for not blocking, useless kicker. Cowboys lose 21-20 in devastating fashion. And people want to blame Romo for mishandling the snap, but did you see that football? For some reason, the league decided to use these specialized K-balls, which proved to be shinier than Jennifer Lopez after a spray tan session. But it's not Tony Romo's fault. Just like it wouldn't be your fault if someone hiked a newborn baby slathered in Vaseline your way and it slipped through your fingertips. Don't laugh. That could totally happen. Anyway, as most Cowboys fans did that night, after the game ended, I had to get out of the house, so the wife and I went to see a showing of Blood Diamond, during which I cried myself into a tub of popcorn for the entire 143 minutes. Shut up. Okay, that helped. It's been almost 17 years, but I'm finally fine now. Really. Also, not that I'm superstitious, but please, Leo, just in case, let's hold off on Blood Diamond 2, Electric Boogaloo. Three. Back to the game. You know, one thing I didn't see a lot of last night was cutaways to Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And I'm actually glad. For decades, Jerry Jones was the NFL's punching bag. Fans were jealous at the brash billionaire basically because he owns the greatest organization in sports. It's like when those lunatics were asking if Margot Robbie is mid. What Barbie barbarians? Anyway, with Jerry, people couldn't get enough of what really amounted to nothing. Oh, look at Jer, upset his team just lost. Look at Jer, his son-in-law cleaning his glasses. Look at Jer, he put salt on his hamburger. What a caveman. The truth is, deep in the heart of Jerry, he's softening, bearing all his hatchets. A couple weeks ago, he even let Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor. What a swell guy. He hasn't gone on a firing spree, despite the fact that he could have fired this claptastrophe 25 different times. He hasn't tried to move the team in the middle of the night, and he has been pretty good about keeping Cowboy Stadium sewage free. The truth is, Jerry Jones is just your average 81-year-old billionaire with a head full of ideas and Botox who wants to win. Also, he has incredible taste in acquaintances. I still have Hail Mary hope to make it into that will. All right, the great Al Michaels pointed this out last night. For most of football history, before the ball was snapped, you'd hear quarterbacks yelling, hut, hut, hike, right? Then Peyton Manning changed the game and put the city of Omaha on the map by yelling it so much, I'm pretty sure he's the mayor there now. And last night, and all year long, we have Dak Prescott's cadence, which goes like this. Here we go! Here we go! Here Here we go! Here we go! I find it to be very motivational, so much so that I made it my ringtone. But I was thinking, now that these mics pick up everything, shouldn't quarterbacks be having more fun with their cadences? For example, saying hello to friends and loved ones. Hey, Uncle Charlie, good luck with that appendectomy hike. Or since they're busy during the day, yell out a text they meant to send. Sweetheart, pick up 2% milk on the way home, hike. Or maybe they could do gender reveals. Uh, It's a girl, it's a girl, hike, hike. But even more than that, quarterbacks should be making money off these free endorsements to the world. Especially a guy like Tommy DeVito, who will only be in the league for like eight or nine more minutes. That guy should be raking it in while he can. Whopper, 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 hike. Every kiss begins with K. Sokoli's Bistro, Chicken Parm, two for one special, Sunday night, hot, hot, hike. You're welcome, signal callers. I'll take my 2% finder's fee. But in the meantime, before a snap, if anyone just wants to give their pal Sal a shout-out, that would make my Christmas wish come true and would make me very hut-hut happy man. 
All right, that does it for cover four in my weekly therapy session. Now it's time for my comedic and irrationally angry weekly attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Rager. All right, there isn't much in this world right now that we could all agree on, except for that the New England Patriots fans are undoubtedly the worst people on the planet. Yes. See, everybody agrees. We all have these people in our lives. I have three specifically that really get under my skin. This guy, this guy, and this guy. For years, we've had to endure them talking, okay, screaming about how wicked awesome their team was. And after their quarterback and squash soup savior Tom Brady left, you thought we'd finally be able to enjoy their pain and suffering for a change. But now, these massholes are relishing in the fact that their team sucks. They're openly rooting for their team to keep losing. Last week, Pats fans were jumping for joy after they lost to the Giants, the team that they should despise for beating them in two Super Bowls. This is like Darth Vader rooting for the Jedis, or Prince William and Prince Harry pulling for each other in a polo competition. And for what? So they can move up for a better draft pick? By the way, who that draft pick is? They have no idea, but these Cheatriot loyalists are very certain he'll immediately pay dividends, much like how they thought about Mac Jones three years ago, or how North End Pizza is better than New New York City pie. The arrogance is unbearable, and this coming from a Cowboys fan. To make matters worse, Pats fans are rooting against their squad as their beloved coach, who helped them take home six Super Bowl titles, is closing in on breaking Don Chula's all-time wins record. That's all this miserable man is sticking around for. But no, these mighty, mighty lost tones would rather the Pats go southy so they can get the number one pick in 2024. This is basically Patriot Nation crossing out the H on their thank you card and telling them he should be on to Cincinnati too. As non-Patriots fans, here's what we all have to be rooting for. Bill Belichick leaves the Patriots. Eventually, a couple years from now, he breaks the record as he wears a sleeveless Giants hoodie with Tom Brady as quarterback, and it all happens against the Pats. What a moment that would be for all the Larry Bird brains from Beantown, right? All right. That's the rager. Here's the wager. I'm taking those Patriots, and unlike their fans, I'm rooting for them to score more than 17 and a half points against the Chargers' 30th-ranked defense down in Foxborough. I hope Bailey Zappi gets mononucleosis. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say, Bill. Shameful, even for a Bostonian. Hey, we've got a fun show. Can you smell that? Stink is in the building. Yes, former Pro Bowl offensive lineman and Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth is with us and joining me in the handicapper hot seat. We'll go over all the big pro and college games on the weekend slate. Another interesting smelling fellow, Harry Gagnon is with us. All that and more when we return on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Coming up, Super Bowl champ and Pro Bowler Mark Schlereth. But first, look what we have here in the handicapper hot seat. He's got a weekly NFL picks cartoon that airs on Twitter whenever he posts it. He's already off to a bad start this week, predicted under 11 and a half inches of snow in his beloved Oswego, New York. H-Dog himself, Harry Gagnon. What's happening, Harry? What's up, Sal? Hey, listen, Sal, this is the third time. Third time's a charm, right? Third time that I'm on this show with you. I'm going to have a winning weekend. We're both going to have a winning weekend. We're going to do great this week. Oh, Let's wow. Do Come on. Oh, wow. Let's do High expectations. I think it's the fourth time, but okay. But anyway, listen, we do have a lot of NFL games and college championship picks to get to, which reminds me, Harry, you ran into earlier in the year, you went ran into one of the coaching greats who will be on the sidelines this weekend. Explain what we're about to see in this picture. Right yeah. Here. Finally going to see Jim Harbaugh this weekend. Look, uh, it was it was about six, seven months ago. I was at Bruce Springsteen concert in Detroit, in the pit, in the main area. And all of a sudden comes Jim Harbaugh by himself, by himself with nobody else. He's got a Tim Hortons coffee cup in his hand while he's spitting tobacco out. And he couldn't have been nicer. I had to have a give, I had to give him a little bit of a pep talk and tell him that finally it's about time you took care. You've been finally taking care of Ohio State and you're going to do it again this year. You had to do that? You had to do that. Had to, yeah. Because he was having too much fun alone at a concert. Wow, that's something else. And by the way, then he gets suspended, and Springsteen suspends his tour. I I feel like you're a bad luck charm here, Harry. Honestly. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Put up that picture of Harry and Frank Reich here. We have Harry and Frank Reich at a Doobie Brothers concert. No, no, no. Okay. All right. We don't have time for that. Uh, All right. Listen, lots of games to go over. Let's Let's start in the NFL. Chargers and Patriots. This has gone up, ballooned up to five and a half. Chargers are favored on the road. 40 and a half is the over-under. I don't know if you heard my wager, Rager. I gave out Patriots over 17 and a half team points. I'm sticking with that. Uh, I've done this before, betting a bad team's total over. Pats are a bad team. Seems to work coming off everyone's worst week. I won this after the Giants got destroyed by the Cowboys. They put up 31 versus the Commanders. Cards didn't score against the Browns, then 25 against the Falcons. Chargers 32nd in the league defensively. They allow almost 400 yards a game. Zappy, Jonesy, doesn't matter. 21-20 final. I get my over 17 and a half. What do you like? You know, it's out. I like the under 40 and a half here. A lot of bad weather going to happen this weekend on the East Coast, particularly game time temperatures in the 40s, 70% chance of rain throughout the day. LA's offense has disappeared, just 30 points combined in the last two games. And the days of Herbert putting up big numbers kind of over as well. Just one 300 yard game passing in his last eight starts. Pat's games have gone under 40 and a half in three straights out. And over those three games, the Pats and their opponents have averaged just 23 points per game. Mm. Like I said, bad weather. Give me the under 40 and a half between the Chargers and the All Pats. Right. One of us is going to be very wrong. I hope it's you. Uh, Pittsburgh, five and a half point favorite at home against Arizona. Steelers have a new coordinator. First time in forever. I think three years they had 400 plus yards on offense. Still only scored one touchdown, but you figure out what it means. Cardinals seem to be competitive since Kyla Murray came back, and that's why I'm taking his rushing yards over 27 and a half. It's minus 114. He could still bring it rushing the football. Uh, gone over 27 and a half in seven of his last eight versus opponents with a winning record. Close to 47, actually, averaged over that stretch. By the way, I have to bring in that Cardinals first half, Steelers to win the game thing. The gift that keeps on giving. I think it's up to plus 650 this week. Do it. If you don't win this week, you'll win next week. You won last week. You won five times on that this year. It, it helps you stomach Steelers games internally. Harry, which way are you going in this game? You know, again, bad weather in Pittsburgh, and uh, you're going to see a trend here. I'm kind of going with a lot of unders this week. I'm going to go under 41 and a half. 
Sal, you mentioned Pittsburgh's offense last week for the first time all season. They outgained their opponent in yards, but six of the Steelers' last eight games have gone under 40 and a half. Even with Kyler Murray back for the cards, they've averaged just 15 points a game the last two games and have just one game all year where they've had a rusher go for 100 yards or a receiver go for 100 yards. I'm going under 41 and a half. Pittsburgh's defense controls the game. All right, lots of honors. Uh, Houston, three-and-a-half-point favorite, 47-and-a-half. They're home against Denver. This is a good game. I'm looking forward to this game most out of any game Definitely. on the slate this week, even more than Eagles 49ers. I think that's just going to depress me for however the outcome is. Uh, Denver, really good this year so far. I mean, since they gave up 70, I don't even think they've given up that many combined for the rest of the weeks. We're looking at least one playoff team. I'm taking the Broncos plus the points here. Russ has had a good game. He's going to have a good game versus his 27th ranked defense. The Broncos defensively have forced four, 15 turnovers over the last four games. I can't pick against Denver when we're about to talk to Mark Schlereth. 24-22 final. Give me the points here. I'm excited for this one, too. So I'm going to take the Texans team total under 25 and a half points at minus 106. <laughs> Five of the Texans last seven games. They've scored less than 25 and a half points. And Denver's team is coming in uh, very hot, especially in defensively. You mentioned 15 turnovers in the last four games. That's crazy. And they've also allowed just 16 points per game in their last six games. 26 points. Sounds like a lot in this game to ask from Houston. I'm going to go under 25 and a half for the Texans. Now. Because they're expecting snow in the dome. I mean, you're a weather guy, right? Is that what's going on in Houston? All right. I you can't never keep know. track. Detroit laying four and a half on the road. They're also in a dome at New Orleans. Good matchup. Lions can't get stops. New Orleans can't move the ball, but I'm taking the Lions minus four and a half. Detroit has the rest advantage. They played on Thanksgiving, barely, but they played. I think Coach Campbell gets his team back on track. Derek Carr, I think, is a worse version of Jared Goff on their worst days. Detroit, four and one against the number on the road, and the Saints, 0 oh and six against the spread in their last six home games. I'm going to go 27-17. The Detroit Lions win. You with me? I am. I am, Sal. I'm going to take the Lions, certainly. Look, they've been shaky lately, no doubt about it. Last three games, give up 38 to the Chargers, should have lost to the Bears, and laid an egg on Thanksgiving to Green Bay. But Goff gets it together versus the Saints. The Saints' wins have been against the Titans by one, uh, Carolina by three, the Pats, Colts, and Bears. Detroit second in the NFL in yards, third in passing yards, and in time of possession, averaging 27, yard, uh, 27 points a game. New Orleans 30th in sacks, which means – uh, no pressure on Goff. He'll have plenty of time to get the ball around to his receivers. Detroit wins big in the Big Easy. I got it 34-20. Yeah, I bet them to win the division. I bet them heavy a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm looking at all the quarterbacks they had to face, New Orleans. And now every single week, I pick against them. I don't know what's – I looked at the schedule – I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cra I'm crazy person with this, Harry. I can't get enough futures. You know that. The NFC Colts, South is insane anyway. Yeah. Well, and here we go again. The Colts at the Titans. Colts are a one and a half point favorite on the road. I like the Titans too much every week, especially as a home underdog. Even though it's small, I'm taking them here. Titans, four sacks a game at home, which is second in the league. Minshew, I think, gets beat up a little. We saw Derrick Henry come to life a little bit last week at Nissan Stadium. The Titans are 4-0 against the spread. Um, I'm taking them to win, 26-14. I think they have enough in them to pull this out. What do you like? I'll take that, Sal, since I like another under. I'm going under 42 and a half. No Jonathan Taylor for Indy. It's huge. Thumb injury and was coming off his best game of the season. On defense, they'll create a lot of problems for Tennessee with their pass rush. That is fifth best in the league in sacks. Mike Vrabel's squad is just 26th 
in points scored, but 10th in the league in points allowed. And the Titans games have landed 40 points or less in seven of their last nine. Another under for me, under 42 and a half. Is this an AI version of Harry, guys? This is this a practical joke on me that he just takes the under every single game? All right. Uh, well, I, I dare you to do it again here. Atlanta. One and a half point favorite. This was three, went to one and a half against the Jets. This is a weird one. Atlanta giving points on the road is impossible. The Jets in a low spread game is even worse. So I'm taking the coward's way out. I'm taking a player prop here. B. John Robinson to score a touchdown. You get plus 150. Now he scored in three of the last four games. He has four touchdowns over that span. He's getting in the red zone. Jets 31st against the run. This could work out nicely. This is your fantasy stud, Harry. You picked him like fourth. We all laughed at you, and now he's finally producing. He's been great uh, lately. And, yeah, you know, I, I understand. I don't like Atlanta being a favorite here on the road either. South, so I'm going to take a little cowardly way here, too. I'm going to do a seven-point teaser with this game. we we'll take Atlanta <laughs> plus five and a half. And guess what? I'm taking another under. Oh, I'm wow. Go under wow. 41. Somehow through 12 weeks of the season, Atlanta finds themselves in first place in the NFC South and are coming off a big win versus the Saints. Well, you mentioned B. John Robinson had two touchdowns. Drake London had the second-best receiving day of the year. I don't know about laying points on the road, so I'll take more than a field goal with the Falcons on a teaser. Meanwhile, the Jets, the Jets have dropped four straight and have scored 14 points or less in six straight games. Atlanta plus the five and a half and under 41. All right. Miami at Washington. The Dolphins, nine and a half point favorite. 49 and a half is the over under. They both have 10 days rest. They both played on, uh, actually, Dolphins have nine days rest. They played on Black Friday. Am I dumb here, Harry? I almost want to pick an upset. Should I pick the upset? You know, the graphic is already well, made. I can't pick the upset. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Miami is not, look, Miami's, they kind of are, at home, they're a machine. They don't stop. They just score all they do. On the road, a little bit different story here. So who knows? Yeah. I'm just going to take the points. Uh, plus nine and a half here. It's hard to get excited about Washington's defense after last week, but the Finns' defense, not great either. 23rd in the league. They allow about 23 points a game. I think Sam Howell keeps this game close. I could be crazy, but it could come down to a rowboat, Ron, choosing to not go for it again on two. I see that kind of thing. Really close game, 24-21. Maybe the Dolphins let down and win a squeaker. What do you like? Yeah, you know, I'm going to take a player prop here, Sal. I do like uh, on the Commanders. I do like Logan Thomas uh, to go over 35 and a half receiving over, yards huh? at minus 114. Mm. Uh, you would think the Commanders will be playing from behind a lot in this game. Thomas has been a safety blanket a lot this season for Sam Howell. He's averaging six targets a game in his last six games and has gone over 35 yards receiving in six of his last nine for Washington. Logan Thomas, over 35 and a half. Joel, can we get a ruling on that? He said safety blanket. Is it security blanket or safety blanket? <laughs> You could pick the blanket. You're good. Okay. You're good with the blanket. All right. Tampa Bay, home for Carolina. Another South matchup I probably won't get right. But the Bucks are laying five and a half at home. 36 and a half is the over under. I'm going to go with a teaser here. Bucks plus a half and the over 30 and a half. Panthers are bad, especially bad on the road. Last two road games, 10 points, 13 points scored. New interim coach in there. Not sure if it makes a difference. Huge game for Tampa Bay in that if they can't win, Forget it. Forget the whole season. Baker feeling better. Mike Evans could get to 1,000 this week. He needs about 150 to, I think he's breaking his own record. That would be 10 years in a row, I think, Harry. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think he would had it in him this year, but it looks like he's going to get there. I don't know if he does it in this game. Either way, 22-14, give me the Bucks And the, what, under? Over. That's Over. Right. You got the over. I, I'm going to get crazy here. So I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to go up plus 650. 
Carolina leads at halftime, but Tampa Ooh. Bay wins the game. I know you love these type of bets, Sal. I'm going to do it at plus 650. Uh, look, it's been a long week for the Panthers. Their owner, David Tepper, fired Frank Reich, and the team has been a disaster. But Baker Mayfield is banged up uh, for the Bucs, and Carolina, at least in the first half, in the first half, show up, show some heart, some pride, play tough in the first half, take a 7-3 lead into the break, then somehow blow it in the second half. Tampa Bay pulls out a close win and keeps their slim playoff hopes alive. Carolina to be leading at halftime. Tampa to win the game at plus 650. Wow, that is a, a big number, uh, and you're a big guy. But, yeah, I thought this only worked for the Steelers games. All right, we'll see if it uh, translates to others. Hey, Harry. We have to take a quick break. We're going to check on your bed sores. And don't go anywhere. Uh, coming up, we're going to break down the rest of the Week 13 NFL slate, plus all the major college football conference championships. Can Iowa or Louisville play spoiler? I'm not going to spoil the answer to the spoiler question that I just asked. Stay with us. Cousin Sal's winning weekend returns in two minutes. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Hey, we've got my pal Harry Gagnon in the handicapper hot seat. Harry, we're going to hit a few more pro games and then the college conference championship games. You ready? Let's do it. All right. You still have a timeout left if you need a break. You understand how it works, right? Lunch break? Dinner yeah, break? yeah. Lunch. Okay. Your second lunch break. All right, let's do this. Eagles 49ers. I actually don't have a lot to say about this. I know it's the marquee matchup of the weekend, but I'm so, so freaked out by this line. I mean, the summer line, the look-ahead line in August or early September for this game was Eagles minus three. Now it's 49ers minus two and a half. 46 and a half is the over-under. And so there's been a five and a half point shift. Now, why, why is there a shift? Well, what happened since the summer? Uh, the Eagles went on and have one loss. The 49ers have three losses. I get what you're about to tell me here with the revenge and everything else for the championship game, mm -hmm. but... I, I th I'm just going to take the Eagles because I pick against them every week and getting points at home seems like a miserable thing to be up against here. Uh, they find a way to win. They're going to find a way to beat the 49ers. I don't feel great about it, but that line is ridiculous. It's the craziest line I've seen in a long time. You like the 49ers. I do. I, and you know, I don't like laying points. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the money line here. I'm going to take San Francisco minus 146 just to win the game. San Francisco after losing three straight has looked dominant winning three straight games all by double digits. Purdy, McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk have looked flawless over that time. Philly keeps winning, you mentioned, Sal, but, but has won by just a total of 19 points in their last four wins. Mm -hmm. That Buffalo win, I think, took a lot out of them in the, in the rain. Uh, and, have, and they have Dallas on Sunday next week uh, and Sunday night. The Niners look better, especially on defense, I think, right now. Cox and Lane Johnson hurting for Philly. I think San Francisco wins this one by 7 to 10 points on Sunday I night. I thought the same thing. I thought the Chiefs Monday night, that's going to take a lot out of them. Those games against Washington, that's going to take a lot out of them. Those are brutal. It doesn't I matter. Know. They just keep winning. It's such a weird team. All right. Rams, three-and-a-half-point favorite. 39 and a half is the over under. They are home for Cleveland. Well, we'll see what kind of fans show up there at SoFi. Uh, this is a tough one. The power rankings on the Browns are bizarre to say the least. You have Deshaun Watson when he was quarterback. And then you had Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was slightly worse. You gave a little edge to the other team because DTR was in there. But DTR seems to be a big upgrade from PJ Walker, who's in, because this is the Rams should not be a three and a half point favorite. Maybe I just don't understand lines. Um, Puka Nakua, I'm going to take the Rams here, minus three and a half. Puka Nakua was the first half breakout for the Rams on offense. Now it's Kieran Williams. He's been the second half 
of the year breakout. 5.3 yards per, per rush. I like how they're winning games. The Browns are banged up. You know, Miles Garrett might not get the 100% version of Miles Garrett we're used to. 23-16, the Rams take it at home-ish. I'll take it, Sal, because I'm going to do another teaser. I'm going to do the Rams, another seven-point teaser. Rams plus three and a half. Uh, and under 46 and a half, another under Sean McVay has done some job with the Rams and a banged up Matthew Stafford this season. Cleveland has all sort of issues quarterback wise and their defense has given up. We all talked about how great their defense was. Their defense has given up 24 or more points in four of their last six. Mm. Um, I'll take three and a half at home with LA and bank on Cleveland having issues in the red zone. If they can even get there four straight games, by the way, the Rams in LA have gone under 46 points. So give me the Rams with three and a half in the game to go under 46 and a half. So. All right, Kansas City, this is a good one. Sunday night game. Green Bay fought back to a place of respectability here, I think, in my eyes at least. The Chiefs still a six-point favorite on the road in Lambeau. Sunday night, 42-and-a-half is the over-under. Um, I think there's lots of points in this one. I think this is a good same-game parlay matchup if you're looking at it on Fandle. Should be some offense. Uh, I like the Chiefs to prevail, but I'm going to go with Green Bay over 17-and-a-half team points minus 104 uh same as the patriots right what i'm doing they've hit this over the last four games jordan love seven touchdowns over the last four games christian watson has come back to life they should do okay against the chiefs who are 21st red zone defense 21st in the league i see it as like a 29 24 type game but i think it should be a good one love it so i'm gonna take green bay with the points i'm gonna take the six somehow the packers not dead yet and have hopes of a wild card berth um with three wins in their last four contests uh, they have either won or lost by one to six points in five of their last six games. Jordan Love over his last two games has 600 yards passing, five touchdowns, and most importantly, no picks. They have scored, and Kansas City has scored in the second half of their games just once in the last four games. Two of their three losses have come against NFC teams. Mahomes in his first game in Lambeau, night game, 50% chance of snow sale on Sunday. I love the Packers and the points. <laughs> That's the play. You like you like what I did there, Sal? Okay. I love I love you love it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I love, love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I Harry, it. you should just be a meteorologist if this doesn't work out. And it hasn't, the handicaps. But no, no, you're doing maybe great. I with the maybe weather. that should have been my major at Oswego, right? Absolutely. Uh yeah. all right. Jacksonville. This is the Monday night game. Uh eight and a half point favorite against Cincinnati and Jake Browning. The over-under is 38 and a half. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to waste anyone's time. I'm going under. It's prime time. It's Monday. I'm taking the under. Unders in standalone games this year, 34 and 13. Unders in night games, 29 and 9. And a whopping 13 and 1 on Monday nights. 13 and 1, the unders are. If, if you were very just disciplined and just bet the Monday night under, boy, what a fun week it would be. And then just watch everything else, all the other crap. Defenses, uh, maybe it's because they have like a little more time to prepare. They have one more day. I don't know what it is. Jake Browning, another check down quarterback here in the system, trying to learn what's going on. Uh, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, he'll continue to get his short reps. 24-10-ish kind of final. I'm going to go under here because the unders always hit on Monday night. What do I'm going to roll with you, Sal, but I'm doing it on the seven-point teaser. I'm going to mm. take Jacksonville down to minus one and a half and under 45 and a half. No Burrow means no bueno for the Bengals. Jake Browning could only put 10 points on the board at home in a loss to Pittsburgh. Jacksonville's three and one straight up uh, and against the spread in their last four games at home. I'm not a fan of laying more than a touchdown with the Jags, but just to win by two seems solid and, and uh, not running it up versus a depleted Cincinnati team 
is the play, especially when the Jags have Cleveland and Baltimore next up on their schedule. Jags minus one and a half and under 45 and a half. We went over this on against the laws. Who do you like to have the one seed in the AFC? I had the Jaguars a few weeks ago. It was plus 750. Now it's plus 450. I think they pick up another win this this week and they're in the mix with all those teams will have like three or four losses. The Chiefs. They're absolutely the in the mix, but I'm still going to ride with Baltimore. I still like the Ravens and what, the, what they've been doing. Okay. All right. Well, they're off this week. Uh, all right. Let's break down these college football championship oh, yeah. games. This is Do a fun it. one. Uh, huge playoff implications. Many teams controlling their own destiny. Harry, do you control your own destiny or would you say Ken does? I would say. We get it. I would say Joel and Ken both do. You've they both enough. control my destiny. Okay. They both do. <laughs> all right. Love Which it. is actually true. Oh. <laughs> right. in many ways please watch our against the odds breakout with harry and thanksgiving and and what he uh with his lover's mother uh by the way I, by the stuff. way sal i didn't yeah. you know i i'm always invited over to your place for thanksgiving and yeah. uh you know i i i was in phoenix this time with my my wife and her family but uh-huh. i did not know that you were having crab legs yeah yeah we have after i heard there was crab legs I, you know that could have swayed me Really I know. That's why we didn't tell you. I'm smart about these things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no idiot. All right. Listen, Oregon, nine and a half point favorite. This is Friday night. This is why we're starting with this. 65 and a half versus Washington. Harry, uh, this morning I texted you. I texted the degenerate trifecta. I text, texted babyface Joel Solomon and Mikey Meatballs. I said, happy early Christmas. This is what we're doing. We're going with the Ducks five to one to win the whole thing. Uh, I really think they have a shot at it. My son goes there. Not a big deal, but they're a fun team to root for. Bo St. Nick's brings us the gifts. Let's but, do it. Yeah. Uh, I think Oregon wins the game. I think they're the better team. They outgained Washington in the regular season game by 120 yards. They had the ball for nine more minutes in that game. But this line has gotten out of hand, and I'm taking the nine and a half. I mean, Washington, every game is close with them. You know, Utah, ASU, Oregon State, Washington. But that's the point. Every game is close. And they're number one and undefeated. And Penix second in the nation in passing yards. He's good for at least a backdoor cover, Harry, if they're down 15 at the end of the game. I don't know, man. I just think this is plus nine and a half is too rich here. I'm in a weird spot because I definitely think Oregon will win. But I think that number is big deal. Uh, big deal. Backdoor cover 38-33. What do you? I'm kind of with you here, Sal. Because uh, look, I mean, nine and a half. If Oregon was home in this game, then I could see that. But on a neutral field, very interesting here. But I'm going to go with the under. I'm going to go under 65 and a half. The Huskies' offense <laughs> has tailed off lately in the last two games. Just 42 and 45 points in those games were scored. And quarterback Michael Penix. Stats have also tailed off. He's just had 162 and 204 yards passing in his last two games. And he's also had his two worst completion percentage games of the season as well. 54% passing against Washington State, 46 versus Oregon State. Meanwhile, the Ducks defense has been dominant. They've given up 20 points or less in four of the last five games. Give me under 65 and a half, Sal. All right, let's go to the next one. Georgia and Alabama. The Dogs, a five and a half point favorite, 53 and a half. Is he over under Georgia could, if you look at the odds, they could get in with a loss here. Bama absolutely needs a win and maybe a convincing one, but I'll tell you what, Kirby smart wants to kick Nick Saban's ass. He just does. Uh, I think he takes more pleasure in that than even winning a national championship. It's the sec title. That's what's big here. The last four have been decided by seven or more seven, 17, 17 and 15. That's why I'm going Georgia here. I don't think it's close. 
I don't think Bama can score with them. Uh, this is the first time they're a favorite of less than seven points. They're four and two against the spread when favored by 14 and a half or fewer. Uh, Bulldogs have trouble against the run, but that's not Bama's strong point at all. I think Georgia wins most of the matchups if you go through them. Milrow's been good when it counts, but that offense only 49th in the nation against a Georgia defense. Still good, allows 16 points a game. Three straight undefeated seasons for Georgia. They are locked in. They're not going to want to blow this game. They don't care about if they need it or not. Same score, similar to last year, not same score, 37-20. I'm taking the dogs. Wow. So, well, you know what? I agree with you. It's not going to be close, but I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to take Alabama. I'm going to do an adjusted line, minus mm. two and a half, at plus 210 for all the credit Kirby Smart and the dogs have got over the past couple of seasons. Let's just keep in mind that Nick Saban and the Tide are still, still 8-1 and one straight up in the last nine games versus Georgia. Bama definitely was looking ahead last week versus Auburn, but somehow escaped with the W, and quarterback Jalen Milrow has been playing his best football of the season lately. I'm banking on a huge game for him. He has 21 touchdown passes this season, 12 rushing touchdowns, had a lot of rushing touchdowns late here in the season. Something about Georgia's quarterback, Carson Beck, doesn't do it for me. At plus 210, give me, I can't believe I'm saying this, Saban over Smart, lay the two and a half and you get plus 210. I think that's the way to do it if you like Alabama at all, right? I don't think it's going to be a field goal lining up, you know, to win it here. It's either it's going to be a blowout either way, although I said that about Ohio State. Michigan last week, and I was way, way wrong. All right, Florida State, Louisville. This is an interesting one. I think this is going to be the best. I don't know. I, I think it'll be the most competitive game of the weekend. Definitely not the sexiest. Florida State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. 47-and-a-half is the over-under. It's not the gimme, not the layup FSU wanted with Jordan Travis out. Uh, I am going to take Louisville here. Uh, they spoil all the fun. They're 7-4-1 against the spread this season. Unlike other teams, they should be able to run against Florida State, who's allowed 140 yards on the ground per game. Jawar Jordan could pick them apart a little. Now you have this Rodemacher, who didn't look great last week against Florida, 12 of 25 for 134. Basically, barely got it down. Cardinals average 33 a game. I think Plummer comes up with a couple of big throws down the stretch. Valiant effort by Florida State for staying in, but 24-22. Louisville takes this one, mm. the most competitive game, like I said, of the weekend. What do you got? Yeah, well, look, we love FanDuel. They've got tons of different types of ways you can bet these games. I'm going to take I'm going to take Florida State. You know, at the beginning of the season, on against all odds, Sal, I gave up Florida State over nine and a half wins. I gave them to win the ACC. Mm -hmm. Got to stick with them here. But, yeah, no Jordan Travis definitely hurts the Knowles. So I'm going to take Florida State to win the game by one to ten points. You can get that at plus 210. They banked on running back Trey Benson last week, and he came through with three touchdowns and a nine-point win over Florida. The Cards' last three games have been decided by a touchdown. Last year in regular season, Florida State beat the Cards by four in Louisville. Uh, a lot on the line for the Knowles, as we know. Louisville plays them tough, but Florida State stays undefeated and wins 23-17. Wow. All right. Uh, Michigan, Iowa. Yeah, you pose. Let's see it again. Let's see you and Harbaugh here. This is great. What Me did you buddy. say? You had to give him a, a pep talk? Is that what was going on here? Yeah, exactly. Giving him a pep talk for the rest of the season and um, giving him my address so I make oh. sure I get a Christmas card. I'm waiting. Good so. Lord. Still waiting. Pep, you need to give him a pep talk. <laughs> give him a Pepto-Bismol, I think, is what you should give him. That's unbelievable. All right, Michigan 21 and a half 
Uh, that's the spread. The over-under, not much higher, 34 and a half. You know my thoughts on how ridiculous this is that Ohio State is not allowed to play Michigan. Who cares who's east and west? They've been a rival for 100 years. They should have figured that out. And now we're stuck with a 21 and a half point spread. I am going over 34 and a half. Iowa went, went around beating everyone 15 to 2 this year. But this Michigan team's different beast. 41 points scored last year when they met. 45 in the Big Ten Championship when they met two years ago. 65 in the Big Ten Championship last year. I know that offense disappears when the they play the also-rans for Iowa in the 35-degree weather, but this is Lucas Oil Stadium. It's indoors. J.J. McCarthy, three touchdowns in the championship game indoors last year. Kind of a similar thing. 31-15. I'm going over. I like it a lot here. I'm, You know what? I'm going to do an adjusted line here. I'm going to lay a little bit of the price here at minus 158. Oh, my God. But I'm gonna a take, little bit? Uh, minus 158, but I'm taking Iowa more than three scores. I'm going to take Iowa plus 24 and a half. Michigan's defense has been amazing all season, no doubt about it. Michigan has – all they have to do is win the game. They don't have to impress anyone. They don't have to blow out anybody, any of their opponents like Texas or maybe Alabama does. Um, I think Alabama uh, Iowa slows it up, doesn't get embarrassed. By the way, eight straight games, Iowa's allowed less than 17 points. McCarthy has gone for under 150 yards passing in three straight. I think this is a snoozer of a game. Michigan wins this one 26 to 6. Well, why don't you just go under and not and save yourself the minus 150? All right, I don't have time to teach you math. We have Mark Schlereth waiting. I got to get out of here. All right, thanks, Harry. You can follow Harry on X at AAO Harry, unless he's blocked you. In that case, you'll have to find him outside the Sonic in Scottsdale. Harry, thanks for being here. After the break, Mark Schlereth, yes! Pro Bowler, Super Bowl winner, back on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Our guest today is one of my very favorites. I know I say that a lot, but I actually mean it this time. He is a three-time Super Bowl champ, a two-time Pro Bowler, co-host of Schlereth and Evans weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. And watch him call games for the Fox TV network. He's got soap opera looks and coincidentally has never used a bar of soap in his life. The man affectionately known as Stink, Mark Schlereth, is here. What's happening, Stink? Uh, you know, I'm just uh, plugging away, man. Sal, how are you, man? Always good to be with you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Um, I don't really come out to L.A. anymore, so uh, it's good to see you. Let's get down to this uh, football. You're an analyst on Fox, as I mentioned, and I want to get right down to it. There is a rumor going around, one that I started, so it might not count, but that you might be the fired coach whisperer. You were on the call for the Carolina-Tennessee uh-huh. game last week on Fox, and then just like that, Frank Reich was gone on Cyber Monday, and now – you're calling Washington, Miami. If rowboat Ron gets handed a pink slip after the game, I think I'm right. Is this a coincidence? Right. Yeah, probably, probably not. Uh, I don't think it is. And listen, man, I like, I understand, you know, and Frank is a, Frank's a good coach and he's a really good dude. I really like Frank a lot. Um, but ultimately, you know, you draft a rookie quarterback they want the owner wants that quarterback to, you know, to, to look like a franchise guy, especially when just down the street in Houston, they got one that they drafted after you drafted Bryce young. And he looks like a franchise quarterback. So, you know, there's nothing that looks franchise uh, you know, about Bryce young. He's five foot nine, about 190 pounds. He's a tiny little dude. He's a wee little guy. And I think he's a really smart kid. And I think he really understands the game. Well, I mean, this is now six, we'll count the interim coaches, six 
coaches in as many years, I think, for Tepper. I mean, after a while, isn't this embarrassing for him? Like, it's like, hey, you're, you're the one screwing this up. You can't just fire a guy every year, right? Yes. Yeah, that is true. And, and ultimately, like, if you have two places to choose from, you know, if you have an opportunity to negotiate, and I would assume you have two places to go to, and I think there's going to be a lot of openings in this offseason with the fire coaches. I Right now, I have at least 10 openings, I think. Is wow. What I, think. I was going to ask you. I was going to say seven and a half, and so you would go way over then. I'd go over, I'd go over the seven and a half. I mean, we already have two, right? Carolina and, and the Raiders. We already have two. Mm-hmm. But if you, had, if you had two choices, two different franchises, and it came down to Carolina and one other franchise, you know, that's what I call well, – that's, like, that's different than how my career worked when it came to contract negotiations. I never, I never had the opportunity to negotiate. Because of my injury history, I always had organized begging. I would beg for more money. They would tell me no. I would beg for more money. That's not negotiation. That's begging. Now, right. there's only 32 of these things, right? So if that's the only option you have, you're going to go coach the Carolina Panthers. You're going to put on a smile, and, and you're going to act like it's a great place to be. But ultimately, nobody wants to go coach for that guy. Nobody. No, for sure. But would you take it if they went to you? It pulled like a Jeff Saturday move here. Dude, yeah, I mean – First off, he fired Matt Rule last year, still owes him $40 million. Mm -hmm. He just fired Frank Reich. He owes him $30 million. I'll get fired for $20 million right now. I guarantee you right now, you give me $20 million, I'll give you 11 games and you can fire Matt. Like, you can fire me. No problem. I'm all all about it. I'm in. All right. You heard the challenge, David Tepper. Let's talk about that city you're in. You're one of your former teams, the Devon Broncos. They've really turned things around. Six and five now. They've won five in a row after starting one and five. I picked Sean Payton in August to win coach of the year at 14 to one odds. That was in August. He's now 16 to one odds. How is that possible? I mean, maybe no, maybe he's not Dan Campbell or, or uh, D'Amico Ryans, but should he have lost value as coach of the year? This guy's done great things since giving up 70 points against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think he's, I think it's been incredible. And because they beat Buffalo and because they, you know, they, they've got some quality wins. They beat, you know, Cleveland, if it comes down to tiebreakers, um, I think they'll win some tiebreakers there from a head-to-head competition standpoint. I'm with you. I think, obviously, D'Amico Ryan's what he's been able to do, incredible, especially with a rookie quarterback. I get that. And Dan Campbell. But Dan Campbell was expected. There's not one analyst or one person out there that's a gambling kind of person that didn't think Detroit or didn't have Detroit pick to win the NFC North. But nobody really thought the Denver Broncos when, especially after starting one and five, and you mentioned the Miami game, like there's nobody that thought they would dig their way out of this hole. And they certainly have. And it is, it is completely, it's coaching. And it's getting your players to buy in. It's telling your quarterback, hey, listen, you're not going to be the focal point of our offense. You're going to manage our offense. And to get him to buy into that based upon, you know, where he and what he did last year. What they're asking him to do is not, be a superstar. They're asking him not to screw it up. And you know what? He's accepted that. And he's playing, he's playing really good football. Got to give him a ton of credit. As much grief as I've given him, and I have, I'll give him a ton of credit. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you feel like Philly right now is, even though they're 10 and one, there's, I feels like there's still a lot of people that question Philly. I think this San Francisco coming into town to play Philadelphia 
is kind of almost the litmus test that everybody's waiting for. They're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. Is Philly for real? Well, let me ask you this. I know you don't care about the line too much, but in terms of what people think, what do you what do you think the spread is on this 49ers Eagles game? Unless you haven't seen it already. I don't know. I have not I have not seen it. I have not looked, but I'm gonna say Eagles two and a half. So that's exactly what I guessed. The 49ers are a three-point favorite in Philadelphia. So, <laughs> so the, sharks, the Sharks don't buy into Philly either, right? That's what that says. They keep waiting for the hammer to drop, and, you know, they played close against the Bills, and they played close against Washington twice and the Cowboys, and they're just waiting for them to lose. But to make them an underdog at home when they have – you know, they, I, I, I guess the 49ers have some revenge from the NFC championship last year, but for God's sakes, yeah. a one win, one loss team against a three loss team. Yeah. But to say three point favorites for San Fran, that, that, that's shocking. That's shocking. going to be interesting. The fans, uh, fans I'll are not going to be the Niners and I'll give the, I'll take the Niners. I'll give the three. Oh, really? Wow. Even with the shocking. All right. Well, it's going to be very yeah. exciting. Um, yeah. I want to talk about these chiefs and uh, real quick before I let you go with, uh, with, with Kelsey and, and sweat your daughter, Avery was a contestant on catching Kelsey, right? Yes. Have you discussed yeah. with her, her thoughts on this whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift romance? Cause she's someone who could have some real insight. I told him if he married my daughter, he had to change his name to Schler. So, cause he, <laughs> I am not thinking that Kelsey name for crying out loud. Who was your Taylor Swift early in your career? You weren't married, but who would have been your Taylor Swift? If we looked at the luxury box, Madonna watching the game with your mom or Tina Turner. Or uh, I love Natalie Merchant, but I loved her voice. That would have been it. That would have been the Kelsey Swift thing. The Schlereth Merchant. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, expe- that I expected got, a little that more, question, but that's fine. That question backfired on you right there. <laughs> it didn't work out. I appreciate all the time. 104.3, the fan in Denver, Fox Sports every Sunday. And hey, don't be afraid to purchase Mark's stinking good green chili. I bought 30 containers. Go. Good time. Stink, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We're going to be right back you- to wrap things up on Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Stick around. We're running out of time, but let me see you off with another award-winning same-game parlay. Let's tackle that Packers-Chiefs game. I'm going with Green Bay over 17.5 points. They've done this the last four games with the Chiefs winning the game as a result of Isaiah Pacheco hitting pay dirt and running for 40-plus yards. He's also done that four games in a row. This will be my third consecutive same-game parlay win, and as a token of gratitude, I expect you to all send me your eight-day-old Thanksgiving leftovers. I want to thank my pal Harry Gagnon for coming on here and picking every under on the board. I want to thank my man Stink, Mark Schlereth. Apologies to Billy Walters. We ran out of time. Until next week, I'm Sal reminding you that you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping! (laughs) 